live and direct Soup the Chemist here on True Tunes Podcast. And you're about to check out my man, Royce Lovett. Boom. Hello, I'm John J. Thompson, and on this episode of the True Tunes Podcast, we sit down with a young, urban alternative, soul hip-hop artist who has traveled a unique path with his music. Royce Lovett got a lot of attention when he was just a teenage singer-songwriter posting YouTube clips that captured his take on contemporary soul. I was working at Capital CMG Publishing when our partners at the Motown Gospel label discovered Lovett and decided to sign him. Since one of my primary responsibilities at that time was to serve our entire gospel roster of writers, I became Royce's day-to-day publishing contact. To say that I was excited about working with this kid would be a major understatement. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, mm, uh, yeah. Lord, I pray that you keep me safe today. When the world is spinning out of control Believe me, I know Yeah, I I see folks hurting Trying to find their way See the world is spinning out of control Believe me, I know Yeah, if I could write it on the wall for everyone to see It'll be a song of freedom It'll be a prayer and peace Oh Lord See the world is spinning down of control Royce's path has been somewhat of an inverse of the usual trek through the music industry. Instead of spending years developing an indie following, then finding some kind of breakthrough moment and getting snatched up by a label, he started by signing a deal. After a few years and a few out-of-the-box projects, though, it became clear that his blend of styles was a tough fit for Motown Gospel, so Royce became an indie artist but then found himself getting a lot of attention on NBC's The Voice. He has followed that up with years of thoughtful, eclectic, independent music. I wanna be fly, 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 fly Floating through the sky like a dream When they say I can't fly, 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 fly I smile, then I show my wings Leave frog through the clouds Never been in with the crowd But so proud to be myself Yes, I gotta do me, get out Hit the streets, spread love Cause the world really needs some help, yo I don't need no witness Don't need your forgiveness Forgiving my heart so you can rip it apart It'll still be strong Even when I'm not home I'm connected to love and if you think that it's wrong, that I wanna be right, bruh. I'm taking a flight, bruh. Above negativity and bad advice, bruh. I open my eyes, so I'm hot off life. The best things are free. I never look at the price, yo. I'm glad to be Later in the show, we'll touch base with a true pioneer of the gospel hip hop scene, who Royce cites as a major influence when Soup the Chemist stops by. He and I will crank up the jukebox, along with a local pastor who was also a pioneering gospel rap artist before entering the ministry. We'll talk about and listen to some of the trailblazers who were rapping about both the streets and the gospel right as that genre came into being. Open up windows, rhythmic patterns from the soul, elements from the basement, hear cosmic arrangements, emotion blowing like wind, hit your body and settle in, so much flavor you can taste it, hear cosmic arrangements. 
Busted through doors like drug agents when I first came in the game. Ever since 88, never did a LP. I even played Soup what might be the very first gospel rap record ever recorded all the way back in 1982, and he had never heard it. His reaction might mirror yours. It all happens right after we take care of a little bit of housekeeping. Hello, my name's Rob, and I'm one of the Patreon backers of the True Tunes podcast. I'm honored to invite you to join me in support of True Tunes by signing up on their email list. I know email is often annoying, but by being on the list, I get notified when new episodes drop and when new articles get posted at truetunes.com. Sometimes, John even sends out short notes and gives away records and swag and stuff. Super cool. But really, the point is that by staying directly connected, I know that they don't have to pay Facebook or anyone else in order for me to hear from them, and that's important. They don't send out too many emails either, and I'm always happy to get them. So really, it would be helpful if you'd join me over here. You can find the sign-up link on the front page at truetunes.com. Oh, and don't forget to add John's email address, jjt at truetunes.com, to your contacts so that the emails don't get caught in your spam filter. And if you have any feedback on the show or questions, you can email him and he'll get back to you eventually. Thanks for listening. I caught up with Royce Lovett from his new home in Seattle. So let's head into the virtual True Tunes interview suite and catch up. Good morning. I'd like to hear a little bit about your coming up, your influences, your the music that inspired you and how everything before I got to know you was coming together that led to you getting signed to Motown Gospel? Well, I guess like one of my biggest influences, I think has to be my mom and music soul child. (laughs) Growing up like in a Christian home in the South, sometimes you get like strict parents that love you in a sense of like, hey, like you can only listen to worship music. (laughs) And, you know, that was cool, but it wasn't inspiring. I think the only worship artist at the time that was like inspiring me was Israel Holton. My brother and my sister are much older than me and I used to like steal their CDs and like try to listen to what they were listening to. So I remember my mom, she lifted up my mattress one day and it was uh-huh. <laughs> it was uh, Snoop Dogg's newest record that just came out. And it was some like mixtape that my brother had from back in the day of Ice Cube and Music Soul Child. And I got in trouble, but my mom was like, but I think you can listen to Music Soul Child. I like, I kind of like some of this stuff. So Music Soul Child was kind of like my intro to soul music that I could listen to by myself. Oh, wow. To be honest with you, I like, when I would go to cookouts and hang out, and then you know, you hear a lot of Michael Jackson and, and Marvin Gaye, like at that time, for whatever reason, I just kind of felt like, not related to the to, to the music or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Like Michael Jackson, all I wanted to do was dance. Like, mm. and we had a lot of fun doing that. Growing up, my mom used to have me at like boys and girls clubs, and the whole like get up, like doing the the Michael Jackson dance for like talent shows and stuff. But I think that like music and writing really started influencing me as I as I like dove into like writing love songs and writing poems from Music Soul Child. And then uh, when I got 
when I got pretty serious about like a relationship with our creator, a friend of mine introduced, introduced me to a hip hop artist because I didn't want to listen to any gospel rap for some reason. But a friend of mine list introduced me to a hip hop artist uh, who says that he's one of the originators of gospel rap, um, Soup the Chemist out yeah, of yeah, yeah. California. Old school, early 90s. Yeah. yeah, and I fell in love. Like his right. the topic matter just felt like this is for like everyday people who believe right. in a creator. Yeah. Like he was talking about like making top ramen because he didn't have money to, 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 to do this or to do that, but he still wanted to go to the studio. So, right. so this was like down my lane, you know? Another broke night, but my love for the mic keeps me right and tight. Throw on a break beat and start rocking. While I'm warming up the top rock. Now that the demo is complete, I'm putting it out on the streets. So his writing style definitely influenced me. And then I got a hold of Lauren Hill's Unplugged oh, album. Man. Yeah. And wow. then that's when everything changed. Yeah. <laughs> and how old were you at that point? At this point. Good night. I must have been 14, 15. And that's when I was like, my mind blew up. Like, for some reason, I was like, a black person is playing guitar? Sure. Like, I just didn't know even like just the history of of, of, of blues and music and soul and guitars. Like, I, I remember hearing B.B. King, but I don't know why my mind never registered. Or I remember hearing a, a, a Hendrix lick. When I heard that album, and then I found a guitar in, a, in my friend's house. His name's George Britton, uh, in his attic. And I asked him if I could borrow it. The guitar just became like a, an extension of like a body part to me. Like, I remember there was, you know, we always used to freestyle at school, having fun, you know, in the lunchroom, banging on the table, freestyling. And there became a moment in my life where I just couldn't freestyle unless I had a guitar in my hand. Hmm. Like the skill yeah. left unless a guitar was placed back in my hand <laughs> and then I could freestyle and write and rap. And I think those three artists are probably the most influential um, artists in, in music possibly. And the thing is, is those three artists that I just named, they, you can hear influences of so many other artists right. in their music, which just opened up my library. Yeah, uh, I know this girl by the name of Sasha A bad chick straight out of Compton Heart full of dreams that she won't accomplish She trying to make something out of nothing And she read every book on the shelf Trying to find a way to get a little help The odds are saying she was gonna fail I wish she knew the love behind the veil Oh, I want to say something to you Say something to you Say something to you So was the spiritual element of what you were doing, the, the gospel roots, the faith stuff, was that always, how did that piece fall together? So when I first like got serious about salvation, it was like everything I wrote about had to bring someone else to salvation. That's how I just felt. So like all, so all these rap songs I was writing, everything. <laughs> then for some reason, one summer, I just got, I couldn't write anymore. I was like, man, like there's so many things in the world that I have opinions on, but it seems like I'm not supposed to have opinions on them because I can't write about them. And I can't I can't talk about love, but I want to. So can I listen to love music? You know, I just it was asking. Where were those can'ts coming from? 
I think those camps was coming from church culture that I was growing uh-huh. up in. You see like a older couple in church and they could listen to Let's Get It On. <laughs> <laughs> but if you were listening to a love song, it was like, wait, you can't listen to love music at all until you're married. And then it's like, well, wait, but what is love? Like, I want to like, I have feelings about like hurt and and I'm broken. And so I think that's when Soup the Chemist came in. And then he was writing this music about like different topics. And then I wasn't writing anything. I stopped listening to music. And I remember this night very well. I was at my parents' house. We live out in the country on a dirt road. So you could go out there and yell and nobody cares. So very like zealous Christian holding my Bible outside under the stars, yelling at, the, yelling at God saying, what am I supposed to do with my life? Wow. <laughs> and... I got these words that I don't think I've ever said. So I just been telling everybody since then that God spoke to me. Write for those who know and write to those who don't. And then I opened the scriptures and it led me immediately to Isaiah. And it said, be a repairer of the breach. Um, It said to, this is the fast that I want you to do to set the 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 captives free to do and and it spoke to my heart so much and that's that that passage is still revealing itself in my life to this day revealing itself in my life that's when my subject changed that's when my music changed so i think that it was always going to be centered around like a core belief of a creator and salvation through his son yeshua but i was going to talk about how it hurts when i when i when, when my heart got broken, I was going to talk about how it feels to be a father for the first time. Um, I was going to talk about like what happens when my wife and I argue, and then what what happens when uh, we're on a date and we're, we're traveling the world, and when things get hard, like and that's when the music changed. I think at that point, up until getting signed, um, the church, unless the church was a little bit on the edge, I wasn't getting invitations. So I spent a lot of my time in poetry clubs and in bars and in college campuses, spent uh, a few years touring France, um, Eastern Europe. And I found a lot of my home team there, like a home, my home base there where people, they wanted to hear what I was saying. And it felt beautiful because uh, I just moved to Seattle. I played a show, um, small little speakeasy secret concert. And after the show, just two people walk up and they're just like, I don't want to assume anything, but from your lyrics and just the way the joy you brought to the stage, like, do you love Jesus? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and that's what does it for me. I think the altar t- call is cool. I think that um, the core elements of, of um, like gospel rap is, is awesome. But yeah, so it wasn't until Motown Gospel called me and signed me that the churches started calling. My people, listen, we gotta turn it up. See something's missing, and I think it's love. Yeah, times might be changing, but I know one thing belongs. Uh, it feels so good, you can't deny it when it's strong. You show me love, it makes everything all right. I'm the bomb I can take on the world. You're coming 
a long, a long tradition of people uh, struggling to fit into a box. Uh, coming from the church, wanting to sing gospel music and wanting to sing soul music. And that dichotomy has been inflicted upon artists for a long, long time. You either make sacred music or secular music. You signed a Motown gospel, which you were one of the first early artists once EMI gospel became Motown gospel. So tell me about uh, that process and, and what it was like to kind of dip your foot into the music business and do co-writes and try to get songs on radio and how, how was that how was that season for you it wasn't until i prayed that prayer and then god was like yo like champions are gonna be around you i just need you to be a sponge it wasn't until then i started soaking things in and learning things it definitely was interesting like i never did a co-write until kind of getting to that nashville world i did some co-writing alongside a producer uh, that I made some music with, but the, the, the room and the atmosphere was completely different. It was all right. about the song. And, and that was really cool for me. Like I love that experience of like connecting with people quickly and then challenging each other to get the best out of the song. And then I kind of got this like, this feeling of, oh man, everything has to sound like this. I think sometimes as artists, when we're like, oh, everything has to fit a, a movie. So I'm trying to get to this movie. And so we're writing everything kind of tunnel visioned a little bit. And every chorus moves like this, every verse moves like this. And then some of the music just kind of lost something. And then you realize that, and then you say, okay, I learned something here. I learned how to make something appeal to a broader audience. Cause I think as a songwriter, sometimes you gotta do that. Like being personal is fantastic. But then you can change a word or two that just opens the song up to, to, to more people. And then you can get another producer in there that knows how to genre blend a little bit. And then mm -hmm. it opens the song up to more people. Right. And then you're able to market in a certain way. I think that some of my experiences was a little shocking coming in from doing everything myself, making my decisions. I think my first time doing a, uh, a photo shoot, I had a lot of mixed feelings. I was like, oh man, everybody is here to help me? That is crazy, that felt good. Then the wardrobe came in and I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I will wear that, but I'm trying to trust you. I am trying to trust you. So just there's some trusting and some excitement. And then there's some disappointment because you're like, I really don't, I don't know if I really wanna do this, but then it's like, hey, like, you have to trust people to be experts in their field. And so you kind of run into different wa waves of emotions. But then, like, I think that's the, f that's the beauty of life, right? Like, the beauty of, of marriage, the beauty of, uh, of, of, of friendship, um, learning those, those, um, those gives and those takes and those compromises and win the challenge and how to sharpen each other. And, you know, the years being there at Motown Gospel, uh, we're, we're phenomenal. I woke up with sin on my mind. I don't want to do it this time. I'm fading a little too fast. Playing a game that don't last. A game that don't last 
mama said don't cry The music could find good times Don't fall, don't fall, don't fall What you gonna do now? What you gonna do now? I'm running, running, running. I'm running, running, running. I'm running, 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 running. They struggled to to get you to break through because you weren't doing core gospel music. Yeah. So it doesn't seem like gospel radio really embraced you that much, and CCM radio didn't didn't hear it. Yeah. So you were you were still kind of. At the end of it, you made some cool songs. You did an EP. You did yeah. some singles. Um, so yeah. your your deal ended. Then you become an independent artist. And uh-huh. tell me about the the next season and what happened with you as an indie artist. And so we had just made the last record, "Love and Other Dreams," and um, we weren't able to go outside the gospel uh, tunnel, if if you will. And so kind of coming to the end of the deal. I was just kind of a bit frustrated. I was like, man, like, I feel like we have these really cool things going. And so we just kind of, as a group together, just like, like, hey, you know, I think maybe I should just be indie for a while and pull back and rethink some things. I remember my back started hurting. <laughs> like, when I started thinking about the work I was going to need to do <laughs> as an indie artist on the phone with the label, I was standing at, I was in a park back home called Cascade Park. My literal back was like, oh boy, like it's time to get back to putting on a, a, a couple of hats, you know, you know, looking for management, looking for the next things. And I think one thing I learned in that moment, in this next part of my career, being an indie artist, I don't want to release things on a smaller level of effort and precision and quality. And so if I want to do that, it might take me a little longer to to crowdfund or to save up the money in order to get the record to be to sound a certain way, um, to produce music videos, to it might take me longer to, to to grab content and to develop a team around you and things like that. So a part of that was exciting, but I think honestly thinking about it, the way I was feeling at the moment, a part of it was like a little discouraging in that pivot in, in that move. And I think the thing I also learned from my experiences there is that. I didn't want to do anything. I think sometimes artists, we we make a song, and as we're making the song, we're already thinking about the release date. <laughs> like we don't even have like a plan together. Uh, we don't have a photo shoot for the album cover, or maybe not a photo shoot, but just we don't have an album cutter. Um, there's just like different things because there's a part of about being creative and then there's a other business part like if Royce you're married you have two kids do you want to feed your family on music still so how are you going to do that like you have to figure out this business side of like how to market it so there's a lot of that going through my mind trying to give myself grace of like hey you know calm down slow down let's work the plans out things might take a little longer yeah I had a blind man tell me that I wasn't looking Where I was going so I tripped over my feet Yeah, I had a deaf man tell me I should learn to listen Then I would hear the chains that I had holding me Yeah, Thought I was free, thought I was free 
But I couldn't see the wall that's right in front of me And I thought I was free Thought I was free But I couldn't hear the voice that's locked inside of me I want to be free from bondage I want to be free Then I'm going to free my brothers Then I'm going to free my friends So we can dance again And then during that process uh, I ended up I got I got kind of low. Uh, I remember that year, I was looking out, out the window um, during the, the New Year's party that you know my friends kind of put on every year, and I was in another room. Everybody else is having fun. There was music in another room. I was in another room. And I was low, old man. I was like not feeling good. And I remember looking out the window, and I was going to toast to my reflection. I thought to myself, I was going to say, this year was a failure and as i like raised my glass to toast to myself it was the funny thing about it when i think about it and i don't know how to explain it um to you or the listeners but it was kind of involuntary something else came out i said this year i am grateful and then i almost i can feel myself get a little emotional now and like all these things started coming back to my head like that year my son almost choked on a bottle cap and and he's here, he's alive. Like that year, I played awesome shows. That year, my wife and I's marriage got stronger. That year, so many things happened. Although this peak, this mountaintop I thought I was supposed to be on didn't come to fruition. I learned so much. I learned so much about who I am and, and the role that a black man plays in in his family and 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 how that role can 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 affect others around him and just begin to develop in that moment i took down a piece of paper and i wrote uh two goals down and i've never done this i wrote down i want to give a ted talk and i wrote down i want to own a house with a yard so my kids can play flash forward in that year, things were still kind of crashing down. Got credit card credit card companies calling me. Like tours was 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 over because I wasn't really in the mix of the the train where you can get on a tour. And we had to move out of the apartment we we're staying in. So real quick for just some some context, if a tour is dependent on your rent, then you can't afford it. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> That's true. That's good advice. So as a, as a husband and as a father, like I was low, I was, I was, I was not feeling very, very good. But flash forward, like just started learning and growing in other aspects, still writing, still doing music, but started learning about like how to, how to save, like how to function in the financial area of, of life. Started learning about some real estate, started learning about like an investment. My wife started hearing God's voice and she started like making decisions that, that's really cool testimonies that I know we don't have time to bring up now. And ended up getting a phone call from TED Talk in Berkeley. And they were like, hey, I heard this song called Ballad. I would love for you to come. And I remember just smiling from ear to ear. I was like, I wrote this on a piece of paper and I prayed for it. And I had no connections to it. And, and that's like all God. And then next thing I know, my wife and I are, are looking at homes. And in the lowest part, of like, I felt like my career, so many awesome things happened. 
And from there, you know, I released a mixtape and then The Voice gave me a call. And then that was a whole adventure by itself. It's a new year. I found forgiveness from old tears. And I'm expecting no one. And getting them's gonna be some fun. I'm learning, learned a lot. And I plan to learn and learn again. Turn a friend to a brother and give love to a sister and no oh, oh it's too crowded down here i think we can fly tell me have we tried oh no i want to fly again i want the sky again I want to try again When did we ever stop? We'll be right back with more of my conversation with Royce Lovett right after this. Hey, this is Ray and I'm a Patreon backer of the True Tunes podcast. I also follow and listen to the weekly Spotify gallery stage mixtape that John curates for us every week. And boy, is it eye-opening. Every week, usually on Wednesdays, the mix is updated and around 40 songs from brand new releases to deep cuts and from across a wide range of genres, including rock, Americana, indie, gospel, blues, sacred music, soul, and more. I've discovered tons of new songs and artists and have been reminded of things I love from long ago. It's also great to hear a mix that blends up great music that is just good, beautiful, and true. You can find the mix on the front page at truetunes.com or on the show notes page for this episode. And if you follow it, it will live there in your Spotify browser and update automatically every week. And don't miss the massive archive list where all the previous lists get saved. It now features over 5,000 songs. And as great as Spotify is for music discovery, please support the artists you love once you discover them. Hello, I'm Chris, and I'm a Patreon supporter of the True Tunes podcast, which has quickly become one of my favorite podcasts. I can always expect John's warm voice and insightful questions to draw out the stories, wisdom, and faith of beloved and new to me musical artists. After every episode, I'm always listening with fresh ears to favorite albums or visiting new albums for the first time. It's just like when I used to visit the old True Tunes store in Wheaton, Illinois, but now I can visit every week with new episodes. True Tunes Patreon supporters support the show with monthly donations of $5, 10 or $20, which helps cover the cost of producing and hosting the show. As a thanks for our support, we get early access to episodes and high-quality, lossless WAV files of each episode that we can download. We also have occasional Zoom meetups, some special live streams, discounts on TrueTune swag, and more. You can join me and the other patrons by visiting patreon.com slash truetunes or finding the link on the show notes page. If an ongoing patronage thing is not the right fit for you, 
but you'd like to give us a tip to help with the costs associated with this show, you can find links for that on the show notes page. Thanks and enjoy. Now, back to my conversation with Royce Lovett. Most people live in check to check, building up debt, trying to gain respect. MTV left your brain a mess. It's a 187, but they can't confess. Never be free, can't feed yourself. Can't grow food with the seeds you dealt. And the hunger pains make you wanna squeeze the belt. Rich men never gon' release the wealth, and that's real. Everyday people got bills. Cancer got a pet, and a lot of people got killed. Iceberg pimping, and the beagles got chill. Filling the banks like Uncle Phil on Capitol Hill. The devil's got a master plan. And ain't no cotton picking by the master's hands. Trying to tell me about the problems out in Pakistan. What about Black Wall Street, the Africans? And I'm up. You got a slot on The Voice, and I texted you, and you were like, yeah, I'm I'm on there. But a lot of people think, especially young artists who are coming up, they think, boy, if I could just get on a show like that, then that's going to solve all my problems. So tell me about the reality of what it's like to be on a show like The Voice and what kind of impact that has on the day-to-day after it's done. First, didn't want to be on The Voice. Not sure why they called me because I'm like, yo, I'm not a belter. I don't do the runs and the stuff, but they're like, yo, I like the style, I like the videos. And what I'm realizing is that this thing is about TV. This is not yeah. about music. They're constantly letting you know that. <laughs> they're kind of like, yo, please don't get in your head and please don't get too like anxious about certain things. Like if you're making music, you got to put in the work. This is about TV first. This is about your story. If something develops after that, it's because you are still putting in the work. And so there are some really cool things that happen out of out of the voice. I think that the reality is really interesting that like, you know, some of us that put in the work during the season, you can you can see like fan growth or or some type of growth. And then some of us that thought the show was the growth, um, you could you could see the differences. So when the and show so, is over from what I've heard from other artists, it's like once that camera is not on you, it's over. 100%. Like the people that watch the show, they're watching The Voice. They like the the people who are fans of the show, they are fans of John and Blake and Gwen and they and they want to like see their banter. They're going to be like, oh my goodness, this person can sing so well. And you're going to get a small percentage of people that take the two or three steps. It felt like you were doing more reggae like consistently yeah i was kind of becoming like the reggae guy which i thought was funny because i was like man like i love reggae music that's not really where i where i'm like from right (laughs) and i know like i have islanders in my family like i know the pride that comes with it and so i would stop the show every once in a while and be like hey like I don't want to say too much into this lane, into this area, because I'm not from there. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And and they're going to be like, yo, you like in one interview, um, they're like, you know, are you from the islands? Have you spent time in the islands? Because um, they kind of found out they do their re- they kind of found out that I spent some time in um, Antigua. I was like, yo, like, I can't say that I'm that I spent enough time in Antigua. I, I was young and I was there for like a year. I can't say I spent enough time in Antigua to, to claim um, the culture, right? But right. but I do love the music. It's kind of interesting because even even you can kind of imagine TV people trying to come up with a way to take a kid like you and 
find an audience and they're either going to give you sam cook songs or or something but there there's not going to be really unless you do lauren hill unplugged like like there's very few things where you kind of fit but that's the difference between art and entertainment and product Mm -hmm. you know so it was Mm -hmm. frustrating as a fan and friend to watch you get put in a box and go wait a second and then pitch you against somebody that doesn't make any sense and and you just had a smile on your face the whole time it was like yeah he knows (laughs) (laughs) this isn't going to hurt him but but there have been other people who they come out of that thing and they're wrecked like it it can really chew you up and, and every once in a while, they, they let you speak to someone because speak to a counselor because they're what, exactly what you said. Like a lot of people can get in their head. There's a lot of anxiety around it. There's just a lot of feelings and emotions around it. And the question that the counselor kept kind of going back to a few times on my way out was, do you have anything good to go back home to? Mm-hmm. And that kind of broke my heart a little bit because I was like, I know some people are going to answer this no. And that kind of even gave me a little bit of inspiration to say, hey, like, I want to continue to be a person, not just make music, because music isn't who I am. Like, that's something I do. I want to continue to be a person, a father, a a brother, a friend, a neighbor, an activist that makes other people feel like they have something good to go home to or, or, or helps people realize, you know, the moment that they're in. I felt so blessed when she said that. She was like, do you have something good to go home to? And I was like, yeah, and this is taking too long. Can we we wrap this up? Woke up this morning with the sun. Thankful for what the Lord has done. I saw Cupid with his gun. (laughs) The ugly people started running. I think I'll leave my phone today. Chilling with my favorites anyway. No hashtags and broken backs for your homie. You can miss me with that if you know me. I sing because I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> I sing because I am free. Yeah. I sing because I'm happy. Do you think, or have you even experienced that music? can have some kind of significant impact when it comes to how people think and how they feel about these really deep-seated issues? Are you optimistic about music's power in that way? I do not believe at all that music can help anyone do... I don't don't believe at all music can can make someone do something. Um, I think music is a mover of emotions and a connector of people. And I think those things can... Can, can get you, I think emotions can get you to the cliff, but once you're at the cliff, like it's your decision. It's your decision to, to, to leap. So I choose not to look at music that way. What I choose to look at music as that catalyst of storytelling, of like oral histories. So I try to use my music to, to let my story come out and my vulnerabilities and other stories come out and their vulnerabilities because inside music will take a second to listen to, to what's going on and possibly even through the genre or the, the feeling of the guitar you'll take a second and listen to that story the story is just trying to give you perspective on the journey like I have a song called Keep Moving and it tells a story of a young girl and young man and the chorus is really their community asking them to keep moving mm. um, the, the story is, is saying like you know, this young girl, she's really good at this sport, but she doesn't believe it because her her environment makes her feel like the people who are telling her she's good want something from her. So she's building these walls, which 
you know, on a broader scope of things, once you build some walls, it, you can't excel to this next level, you know? And her mother is saying, forgive me when I doubt you. Never forget to move. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. That's that's what the lyrics are saying. Mm. And I just kind of love that line of forgive me when I doubt you. Forgive me when I am not supportive of you, but you never forget to move. And uh, I hope that that song gives you a glimpse of people who don't look like you, who don't sit at the same table as you, who... who uh, who don't work at the places you work. Because what happens is we end up hanging around people that sound like us. Like all of our friends listen to the same music. All of our friends drink the same wine. You know what I mean? Like until you get around some other people, then you get challenged with your wine flavors. And then maybe I like whiskey. And then like maybe coffee is better without cream. (laughs) Amen. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You read my book. Pretty clear, really know how it feels I have talent and keep praise, she ain't think it was real But where she from, she know folk just wanna steal So she feel her walkers down here in cramps and take your meals She never had a lot, but it felt just like a numb Mama said if you get big dreams, baby girl, get tough And Serena did it, and I know you can do it too Forgive us when we doubt you, but never forget the move in this world Where the people get lost there's a murder every day. There's a murder every day. But I never lose sight. No, as long as you're alive. You gotta keep moving. Gotta keep moving. Better do it till you die. I'm gonna do it till you die. We're going to step away from my conversation with Royce to crank up the jukebox. Although we are working on an entire episode about the roots and history of gospel rap, when Royce mentioned that Soup the Chemist was one of his primary influences, we decided that we'd bring him here on the show to give us a taste. Soup, also known as Chris Cooper, was the driver behind SFC, one of the most important early rap groups. He has continued as a solo artist and recently wrote a book on the history of gospel rap. I also reached out to Pastor Chris Williamson of Strong Tower Bible Church here in Nashville. Pastor Chris was a member of one of the earliest gospel rap groups, Transformation Crusade, back in the late 80s and early 90s. Although we are going to save a good bit of my conversation with Pastor Chris for that gospel rap episode, I also had a great sidebar with him about deconstruction, by the way. I just had to pull him in on this jukebox, too. So, let's drop some subway tokens in the slot here and see what we can cook up. This is yours truly, Grandmaster Flash, DJ Grandmaster Flash, the very first to make the turntable an instrument, the godfather of the wheels of steel. Shout out to my boy Soup the Chemist. Drop that joint right now. As I watch the labels turn, my fingertips begin to burn. Place the diamond. Thank you, Chris Cooper, aka Soup the Chemist for stopping yes, in at the True Tunes podcast today, man. It is really great to see you again. Yes, brother. It is million too, years. <laughs> too long. <laughs> too long. Neither one, neither one of us had great back then. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, That's what's up, man. I got something to play for you. Uh-huh. Tell me if you've ever heard this. Everybody come on and join with me and let's give God a hand clap. All right. No, man, I never heard that. Really? <laughs> That's some old school. There's some love down there. 
Listen to that track. It's totally like church. But then hey, check from the Richmond area. No, he's from New York. Really? Never heard that, man. What year is that? 1982. Wow. This is everybody. This is the first gospel hip hop rap record ever. Seriously. But it was and done for Pete McSweet, or just McSweet. I'm so excited. I, I actually played something for you you haven't heard yeah, before. Yeah, you stumped, you stumped me, dog, for <laughs> real. <laughs> I might have to go back and uh, tweak my book a little bit. That is probably the earliest gospel rapper. And you think about 1982, that's just a couple of years after Grandmaster Flash. Like, 7980 is when this really got a record in anyway. But nobody's man. heard of him. Like, I mean, very Never, few people man. have heard of him. And he gets mentioned vinyl? and stuff. On yeah. vinyl? <laughs> I've never even made it to vinyl. As soon as I came out, vinyl was getting cut off. But those devils wouldn't leave me alone, saying I ain't filled, that's religious baloney. Can't understand it because it's phony. But I ain't going out like no cheesy rap. Try to snatch my faith and I'm snatching it back. See, if I ask, I shall receive. And I know he filled me. Help me shout it, B. The Holy Ghost is in the house. So we're cranking up the jukebox here, and we're talking about early gospel hip-hop. And you were right there at the beginning in the late 80s. Uh, so tell me in a nutshell, kind of what was the what was the musical reference for SFC? When you got going, what were the groups that you were kind of either emulating or what was the sound? Because you were blending things up in a way that was pretty different. Uh, tell me about the roots of, of SFC and the sound you were going for. The sound I was going for, well, that, I was, like you said, I was all over the place. <laughs> right. But I was, I'm a big jazz head, man. And one of my favorite jazz groups would be the Jazz Crusaders. Hmm. So I fed a lot, a lot off of their, uh, their energy and the way they, you know, they, they didn't, uh, how, how, what's the word? Uh, they didn't follow the rules. They, they just did, you could feel the emotion in their stuff. Right. And they mixed a lot of weird stuff styles i should say on top of one to make one them i was really deep into uh like craft work you know oh, wow. you know how they you know just uh manipulated these uh synthesizers and drum machines the way they their sound was just amazing how they captured such a sound at an early time you know what i mean right. so i like that uh and then i was really heavy into uh like a lot of the dub plates, you know, a lot of dub stuff. So, because the dubs, they use a lot of weird effects and, right. you know, yeah. just panning stuff here and there. So, that's the stuff that kind of turned me on for when the time came, uh, time to create. And of course, it, you couldn't be in the hip hop without uh, peeping Public Enemy and the way they did their thing. Right. Because they were on that level, they would just take. They would take 20 samples and make it sound like one. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. I was really uh, uh, attracted to their style of beat making and looping and stacking stuff to make it sound like one. So that, that was my thing. Yeah. And, I, and it fit me perfect because, you know, I always looked at music like chemistry. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you're mixing all these elements to get this one element, reagent, to give to people. 
I got that hip-hop, that bosoms in your trunk hard Cooling out with my dogs in the front yard Freestyling to this fly instrumental Hope he's got a notebook and a number two pencil Never know when my thoughts might drop some live So I stay prepared cause this is my nine to five Not a fad or a phase that'll fade away But I breathe in holy hip-hop every day I want to throw a few names at you from back in the day And just tell me in a nutshell kind of what you remember about the group What their significance was, what made them unique these are all people that I know you were connected to in one way or another. But let's start with JC and the boys, because that's really one of the – those guys not only had an impact of their own, but they spun off a bunch of artists. <laughs> it was like everybody in that band became a, a soloist. What do you recall of JC and the boys? JC and the boys, MC Scroller, family, uh, learned a lot from him. He's the mm-hmm. one that taught us how to be a crew, basically. <laughs> MC Scroller, that's Scroller. He's the one that introduced us to each other. The twins, Peace, Poetically, all those crews I met because of Scroller. And we were he, and we were all just kind of, he just brung us all together at a barbecue one day. You know, it, it was just him. So he couldn't say JC and the boys and it only be him posing on it. You know what I'm saying? So, he needed some so, boys. <laughs> yeah, so we rolled with him. That was the beginning, so... A lot of cats don't give that dude his credit, man, but he taught us how to do what we did. We, we, Of course, we took the mantle and went to another level, but he's the one that got our minds on, let's do this. He talked me in to doing it or the wooden pro probably wouldn't even have been an SFC. What about Freedom of Soul? Freedom of Soul is my brother, Peace. Yes, that dude, uh, very creative. And uh, he pushed me to, uh, if we're speaking about what it meant to me, they pushed me to work even harder because that album real good was, and I was yeah. like yo I gotta come out harder than that <laughs> <laughs> right, right, this right. stuff right here no let's rewrite all this yeah. come on watching the clock tick tock ain't no time to play got to get on my knees and pray that's why we're stuck here waiting for the rapture this is one of the things that we have to do in order for everything to be cool don't be a fool get caught out of fuel Coming back and coming back quick In a twinkle of an eye quicker than a flick Of your big lighter form a big pen When it hits the yellow paper later I'll be gone like a needle baker I'll be caught up in a rapture of love Straight from above Cooling with my man Dub Soup's in his coop to fill And my man tunes in the mix right beside me And we're throwing a party Cause we finally made it I anticipate it cause it's gonna be good To see my daddy you leave this hellhole That we call Earth Rebirth That's what it costs to enter the gates It's your free pass Are you gonna last? We are not Cause you're standing on a Quicksand, it's time you hop out, step on dry land, cause you're just caught in a land where there is no life. Caught in a place that cuts like a knife. Stuck in a world where you never reach your prime. You're just caught in a land of time. What about Dynamic Twins? Dynamic Twins was, yeah, we were, uh, you know, they used to dance for me as I rocked on stage. So, <laughs> you know, I helped uh, I co-produced their first album. So, you know, we were pretty close. They, they actually, uh, brung an element to my style as well. The way they heard 
would put together beats. I found it interesting. Even though I had my own style, I liked the way they would uh, start off with just rhythm tracks mm-hmm. and then build from that. Usually I would do it, and I found that to be easier than the way I was trying to do it. I would build from a loop first. So sometimes I would just get that simple rhythm track and then uh, then try to match a loop to that, and it would help. It, it helped. I would, of course, I would redo the beat to fit it, but just catching that, because you know you can listen to a record and there's just so many elements on that one little record. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You might mm-hmm. overlook something. So I found that part interesting. I kind of stole that style from them as far as making my beats. They don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they definitely brought a different feel, a different musicality, and a. I couldn't put my finger on their style because it was like happy not happy kind of vibe <laughs> it was a flow yeah right. yeah, yeah but it, it fit them perfect because that's the type of dudes they were so. right you read what you so seeds even if they bad ones two three four tell me if you had some time in your life right wrong is what you dished out rap was kind of quicker so you made the way out about to hit the ceiling feeling pretty bad sad because your mag gets some good to the bad seeds please take it from me for granny said let me treat everybody right so <laughs> to the good Did you ever know Danny Rodriguez, D-Boy? Actually, yes, but uh, not on a not on a deep level. Right. On a level that when he dropped, let's put it like this. I was on a deep level, but not, it was over the phone. It wasn't sure, yeah. cell phones, literally the phones back then. <laughs> yeah, right, right. With a cord. Uh, we, were talk, <laughs> we talked a lot because we were putting together a tour together. Oh. So we would talk all the time. It's just we never made it to that where we were hanging out personally and all that. I met him one time in yeah. person, and there was an instant connection. Then when my, his record came out and mine came out, we were like, yo, we're going on tour together. And so we started talking all the time. I got to spend, he came to Chicago and did some stuff. He did, did a thing at True Tunes and stayed at my apartment really? for a couple of days. Yeah, so we, oh, deep, I took man. him around. He, he got to do, he, he came to town to do, one show with somebody like opening for somebody but then while he was there he just said hey if i could stay a couple days there's like an assembly at this school on the south side of chicago that i could go speak at and when he meant speak at he he was actually rapping i mean he was was looking for opportunities i so i drove him to that school and it was in one of the worst neighborhoods i I had been in and you know i had this crappy old chevette that i was worried was going to get stolen that's how you know that's what this hood was like but, and and was um, barbed wire and all that stuff and and um we get into the gymnasium and the place just fills to the walls i mean i don't even know how many kids were in that thing and i watched danny get up there and share his story but then do just a couple of songs you know, like just a, l- a little bit but the kids just lit up i'd never seen anything i've never seen a gospel or christian artist go into a public school and have that kind of impact it was unbelievable yo pick up the tempo Show.
People don't understand me They hand me a full-blown microphone And say, can you do what the others do? Rap like the brothers, no lies or disguise No one to cover you Suckers try to daze and crazy Go amaze me I'm not worried, they don't even phase me Holding the mic like little boys to the toys And talking to noise, it ain't nothing but poison Brag about gold when the cars in the palace These me and I'm cool from Dallas Your rhymes are crowded like traffic on the highway You try to be fly, but I'm busted out my way You losing your luck, you're in a muck while I'm walking I'm throwing lyrics, so why you ducking? Come on, get up, check out my setup I better put your setup so I will never let up The mic I'm holding, suckers are folding I'm holding the mic, I'm getting old Cause I'm holding effect, respect is what I collect The mic is a wreck while I'm in effect Cause the boy don't play So anybody else that in your mind, if you're thinking about the kind of golden era of the early days of gospel hip hop has to be mentioned in the first five or six things that I haven't touched on? Yeah, Idol King. Idol, Idol King, King was, uh, yeah. you know, they were dope, man. And uh, actually used to tour with me as well. Yeah. Real artsy. Yeah. Slack was like amazing, man. Right. Producer, uh, DJ, and he could rap, man. Yeah. So he he was another one that made me like, yeah, don't come over here with these weak stuff, so pick it up. Pick it up. <laughs> That's right. Pick it up. We're going to be real honest tonight and real plain. We're not going to come with a forked tongue. We're going to speak plain to you because Jesus loves you real, 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 real hard. There is a place Fresh out of bed, engaged in prayer. My petition was crazy, now I'm ready to bear. Witness what I did, existence of fear. My vision is clear, there ain't nothing in hell. I won't tell a brother or sister that doesn't believe Jesus is Savior. That thing will catch the vapors of hell, cause the truth of my there ain't nothing in hell. I won't never ever know. You better never be a slave to possessions of material things. So I like that, man. And then, of course, uh, as, as time went on, you got LPG, who just made you even have to step up more. In the same vein as a broken record, I skip along trying to get over just to complete the song and such as life. Broken needles and broken dreams, breakdowns breaking up the monotony of life things, and it seemed like I'm spinning, out of control, spinning, nowhere to go, spinning, trying to get it straight, skip, back to where I started, that's what I hate, just trying to rock the crowd for I'm six feet deep in a crate, at the same time, stay up the spotlight, it's in this war, seen it get so hot, it warped deep in the hardcore, pressure from the platinum, distorts their appearance and whole approach to the game, so I stick to the simple things, pains, pads, heart, mic, words, family, rhyme, and with those things I rocked the party Me and the crowd a perfect match Got an itch that only Christ the DJ could scratch But the needle dig deep Got scars to prove it Battle scars just look at me You can see I've been through it And it don't stop I live forward I will go on And won't quit until the police break it up Or the break is As on. the record keeps spinning The world keeps spinning If hip-hop's a culture Then hip-hop What about gospel gangsters? Man, rest in peace my brother Solo yeah. Gospel gangsters, man You guys didn't even see their talent you saw a glimpse of what they they were going to do and what they should have done uh unfortunately uh you know 
record label stuff and all that. And then now, as he was, they were starting to come back out, the passing of Solo. But uh, that dude was, that was my little brother, man. He, uh, you know, how can I say it, man? They, since, you know, they we had different styles, but I know the creativity and how polished they were. Like, mm-hmm. we when we did this, the controversial song, mm-hmm. uh, Kill the Spirit Card, you know, I don't know if you can say it on your thing. Go ahead and say whatever you want, man. Kill the spirit, the N word. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, he's the one at his church is where this guy was giving this sermon, and I was like, man, that was deep. And what he was doing, he was, he was, he was breaking down how the the what we say nigga is a spirit. Hmm. It's a spirit, and if you look at it, it carries this, all these. It had a list of all the negative things this spirit carries with it. You know, mm-hmm. how we walk around calling each other that, you know, as black people, you know, you're calling, you're carrying, you're you're transferring all these negative things upon an individual. You know what I'm saying? And that's what this teaching was. And I was like, man, that is super deep because that's what it does. It carries all these negative things with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm just, it's almost like I'm casting a spell on you, man. So, you wow. know, I erased that word. But that teaching that day was so deep. I was like, man, man, I ain't never heard it like that. And so was Solo was like, man, I bought the cassette. But you know what, Sue? I'm going to give it to you. I want you to study it. Therefore came that song. <laughs> so it was wow. only right that I go get him and his crew to get on that song that was their that was their first time recording spirits from hell are assigned against nations community racist a problem everyone faces devil i'm taking authority over the name of jesus i find it in your work and i'm gonna be shot of your plan to pieces apprehending the enemy it's written that he should and must be bound before i enter and take it good in part two in you like an educated teacher living through inclined in time say run preaching trained and equipped for war armor steel deserted with the demons on the scope for kill pray before i start it nigga Before they became the uh, gospel gangsters, they were the Alliance of Light. Oh gosh, that's and great. it was a, it was about fifty of them. <laughs> that's right. It was like a choir. I thought it was a choir. When I, yeah, it was like yeah, a youth yeah. choir kind of thing. But uh, I used to take I used to take them on the road with me. He used to rock on stage with me. So Man. we go. We, yeah, we we were definitely a, a crew. But yeah. you know that was he had his own style. He had his own thing going on, and I I was you know whatever I was able to instill in him. They took it in. Oh, I'm mad, and this is good from the underground. And I'ma tell you why, it's no need to wonder, clown. 
you're trying to be, but they can lie to me. I try to see through all the hurt inside of me from this society. Bodily, I'm strong, at least I try to be. I can't give to you ID. To me, it seems I have to die to be free from this yoke of oppression. Through it all, I learned a lesson. Keep my faith in confession. Even though I get treated like an outcast, first they get fired, but I'm hired last. I have all my hopes and salvation. Just thinking of me in this nation is frustration. You brought me here against my will on your own route. And now you're looking at me like bone out. But I rejoice in God, yet I sing in tears. If you didn't want the Christian, why you bring me here to hurt me, to overwork me, or to disperse me? Or make me overlook the grace and mercy? I ask for peace, but the only peace I ever really get is the end piece of your billy stick. But I still stay Christ-like and humble, although I'm living in the concrete jungle. Where you treat me like a beast and embrace me, but when I start acting like an animal, you cage me up. Separated from my family and peers for years and years, only God know the tears of a black man. I want to give you a little advance bit of the conversation I had with Pastor Chris Williamson about the power and potential of music, especially soul music, to shape us if we let it. Do you find that music in general can actually do something in our hearts and minds when it comes to reaching people on a level that strict argument or rhetoric can't? Absolutely. You know, I think there's, that's a reason why there's a brand of music called soul music. Um, sometimes I will play Sam Cooke's A Change Is Gonna Come because I listen to um, his hope in that song, his soul in that song. And sometimes it brings me to tears. Sometimes that song even causes me to worship because I don't always have the hope that Sam Cooke had when he recorded that song before he died in the 60s. And so I'm convicted when I hear the song because it does hit my soul. And of course, there are so many gospel songs that um, definitely minister to the soul. And um, I'll be fair to say that there are also contemporary Christian songs that can touch the soul. Um, again, it's a different kind of way that many of them write because they're not always coming out of the place of struggle that we have known historically as a people in this country. But that doesn't mean that they don't know struggle and they don't know God. So um, I was listening to a, a song the other day I think it was uh, Matt Redman's 10,000 Reasons because um, we had just sang it in church. And uh, man, it, it gripped our children's ministry and it gripped me. And, and, and I came Monday and I, I started playing it and continuing my worship. So yeah, I love it when a song hits the soul, man. When it's from the heart, it hits the heart. As I mentioned, we are working on a full episode that will track the roots and evolution of gospel rap, and you'll hear more of my conversation with Soup, Pastor Chris, and others when we get to that show. For now, though, let's get back to my conversation with Royce Lovett. Sing my brother, ay, 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 Sing my sister, ay, 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 Ubuntu, Ubuntu, ay, ay. I have fought against white domination and I have fought against black domination. I have cherished the idea of a democratic and free society in which all persons will live together in harmony and with equal opportunities. It is an idea for which I hope to live for and to see realize. But my love, if it needs be, it is an idea for which I am prepared to die. I wrote Mandela 
immediately after I left Cook County Correctional um, in Chicago. It is the largest youth um, correctional facility in the States. I love connecting with folks that feel like someone forgot about me. Cause that's what, that's what happens. You know, we send these kids to correctional facility that the system is not working in, in their behalf and that rehabilitation or learning and education rather isn't successful. They taught me a word when I was there, uh, Ubuntu. And it means um, I am because you are. And I left thinking about that word. It just was like bringing me to emotional places just by looking at a building. <laughs> like I would look at a building, this older building, and I would look at the brick, and then I would think about the person who made the brick, and I would think mm-hmm. about the 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 just the history of that person, and I would be like, who I am because this person. Mm-hmm. Like I think about my grandmother, I am because she was my grandfather. The, those people they became more tangible as a hero to me, and I think about the lives that they lived, and then I started thinking a little bit about the peer pressures that that I face. And so I started writing just from a question because the first question I asked was, was, was about suicide. But I'm thinking about Mandela in prison, just this in, injustice of a system, the apartheid. And I was just like, man, like, I don't know how many people would have stood there. And my first question was, I wish I could ask Mandela how he stayed so cool with no sweater. You know, just going through, I wish I can ask Martin, did he deal with fear often? I wish I can ask Newton and, and just all these folks who, who were brave enough to, to lead. I wish I could ask my great grandfather how it felt to hear that his son was kidnapped by the KKK and feel like he had the, the, the cojones that one, he wasn't dead and I'm gonna go try to find him back. And then I wanted to get more more personal. And so the question was like, I, I wanna ask like my mother and my grandfather and like the, these people. I think that I definitely want to put those questions in more, more people's hands. And then put that idea of, I am because of you. Seeing my brother, seeing my sister, I am because you, I am because you. That's beautiful. Wish I could ask Martin, did he deal with fear? Often on Josephine Baker, did she let the world shake her? Or talk to Bungie Carter, forgiveness after slaughter. Boom two sons and daughters, when he hit you with that water. Mash it up, I want to mash it up. Can't hold the fire, the ash it up. Get Cupid the hammer, just smash it up. Give you some love, ain't got enough. Check my profile, you can go wild. If you want love, you can get it. You ain't woke now, you're a reptile. Give me a cold heart, not lit it. Ask Julia Cooper, be there. Walker, Angela Davis, Ruby Freeman, baby My mother and father, Rosa, Johnny, love it CK, Steel, Burnell, Taylor All the freedom writers, Walker, Freeman, baby Jennifer Taylor, Sir, John, the true fam You my fam too, Arambe, Mbutu Sing my brother, ay, 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 ay Sing my sister, ay, 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 ay Is it safe to say that a good chunk of your audience If not the majority of your audience right now Are probably white? Yes, it and is so- safe to say that so with that being the case and you being willing to to say some provocative things how is that for you to go into that audience seeing the the faces that you see what's that like for you and and um i admire you for doing it but is it effective do you feel like do you feel like it's working at all you know i don't know if it's working on a 
on a bigger scale than I, I would like it to. Maybe on a, on, a, on a very micro scale. I used to struggle with that that statement or that thought, you know, because I would, as a younger artist, you know, 15, 16, 17, I would, you know, try to get these shows and I would get my people say, uh, oh, now nah, you should probably go play over here because your songs, you know, I think I think the white folks are kind of like them a little bit more or uh, maybe not for this, maybe not for this one or maybe not for this one. And so part of me used to be like, man, I want to, I'm making music for everybody, but I definitely want my people. I want like right. my brothers and sisters to, to, to vibe with it. But it wasn't until um, maybe about like 2017, 18, where I don't know who it was, but they just kind of like in passing was like, you are really good at talking to white people about black things. I think it rubbed me the right way. And it was kind of sort of healing a little bit like, oh, wow, like maybe that's why I am putting these situations to speak to a larger white audience about certain things in my music that some other folks haven't been able to address or to talk about. So it was a little bit healing. But is it effective? Um, I don't know. I think well, I think that's yet to be determined. Because like I said, I don't think music helps you change anything. You can be really, you know, well well informed. Even even when I go speak, when I do the tech talks, when I do the key keynote events for educational conferences and you can take all the notes in the world and you can feel really good and you feel like, oh, I did something cool and I mm-hmm. and I got something good, and then you you took nothing from it. And that also could be you grabbed it and you immediately kind of ran with this idea of, I want to love people because that's how we grow, that's how we move. If I say, people listening right now, if you say you love your country, I would beg to differ if you don't love the people in your country. Because that's who the country is. <laughs> right. <laughs> Amen. If, you, if you're going to love your country, love your country. Wherever you're from, if you're gonna love your neighborhood, love your neighborhood. But your country, I love that that your country is is made up of people, not ideology and stuff. So yeah, it's it's people. Like right. no people, no country. No justice, no peace. No justice, no peace. No justice, no peace. No justice, no peace. I don't know justice, and I haven't met peace. I mean, I was told that I met her. I was told that she's been around here, but I think they must be confused. Maybe they're confused with silence. In fact, I asked her, I asked Silence, and she said, nah, young man, peace don't live around here. She said she don't even look like that queen. She sings, carries a big sword, and her smile is clean. Her hair is natural, and her rings like bells. And on heels, she sits a little taller than justice. I don't know justice. And I haven't met peace and justice. She said, just his arms are long and his embrace is strong and you can hear every step he takes. No, not every step he asks for, every step he takes. No, not every step that is given, every step he takes. She said, Royce, go back and tell them they got me wrong. I am silent. And my cousins are dumb, hush, mute, shut up, settle, sit still. Royce, you know them. I don't know justice. And I haven't met peace. We ain't got to die no more. 
Love is what we're fighting for I know that I'm worth more than a t-shirt We ain't got to die no more Love is what we're fighting for I know that I'm worth more than a t-shirt 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 I might have a slightly different opinion about what music can do um, because I think about the civil rights movement and how a combination of television actually taking images and putting them on the TV screens of people that probably didn't want to see them. But when they Mm -hmm. start to see the dogs and the fire hoses in Selma, there's a segment of people, white people with resources who start to say, wait a second, this, I didn't know anything about this. And it seems to me not a coincidence that Motown and soul music, it was a cross-cultural phenomenon. And I think that those things kind of worked together to actually move things forward in that civil rights struggle in the 60s. Um, but music has a way of bleeding through. And I think yeah. that young people now are listening to more blended cross-cultural, multi-ethnic music than ever before. I think you're in a... In a unique position as an artist to to move in that lane and i think that's all you can be re- responsible for is is the field you've been given to till not you know i i agree with that because in 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 the protest there's a different feeling of when someone has the the, the megaphone and, and and you're chanting show us the tapes show us the tapes but then when someone starts singing, somebody's hurting my brother, and it's gone on far too long, and it's gone on far too, and everyone sings that together, there's a different atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Like hearts are being touched, hearts are being changed. And I honestly think that, that song can motivate you to, to, not just go yell and scream at a protest, but change the way you're you're you're, you're voting in your um, in, in your local elections. Like hold people accountable, attend meetings, know what's happening in your city. Um, I think that 2020 was the first year that I actually knew what was happening locally. Yeah, like when when people are talking about these things like sometimes you don't know a thing because you never felt it before because you don't know about it you're talking about taking something from merely writing a song and having an emotional thing to actually getting involved in the community and and yes that's that is a big step do you know how it feels to wake up in the morning like i ain't got no time i can't waste do you know how it feels to go to sleep like you missed the draft do you know how it feels to look up in the stars and say they really shining brighter than me do you know how it feels to dream bigger than you are do you know how it feels to dream bigger than you are I guess Martin gave us all a dream, so I'ma dream it Daddy gave me a light, so I'ma beam it Mama gave me my voice, so I'ma sing it My dreams are evergreen, so like hell I gotta keep it These flames in my belly can't get so cold I wonder where the fire goes 
Laying on my back, looking at the ceiling Teary-eyed, wonder where I ever lost this feeling Do you gotta be great to be grateful? I spent my whole life just trying to stand tall I never forget when I got that phone call From my godmama said she could see it all Yeah, I'm sorry that I ever doubt you Baby, fight for it don't let them ever call you crazy This is God's plans, put yourself in God's hands Baby, I'm minded Do you know how it feels? What's happening with you as an artist now? I have moved to Seattle uh, to be a worship pastor at um, a church called OCC, Overlake. That has been kind of a blessing and, and, uh, and interesting. Because um, <laughs> when, when they first called, I was like, no, nah, I don't know if I want to do that. If you need help for a little bit, maybe so. But I'm not sure if I want to like move and go do that. And then when they called back, I was like, I don't know, like, do you guys want a worship pastor that's that's going to go to the protest and, and might get arrested and I'm going to be unapologetically black and I'm going to be unapologetically a rapper and I'm going to like, right. I want to tour. And, and they were just like, we I think we want to be a part of what, what you're doing and we want you to be a part of, of what we're doing. So I'm here and I'm still releasing music. I just released a song called How It Feels. I'm gonna be releasing something like every month this year. Oh wow! Uh, cool. Whether it's like poetry or, or or music, acoustically or produced, I feel really like brand new in a sense of like I think that I was kind of holding back because I was like, ah, oh, I don't have the budget for this, and I, I want to do this, and I've never done this before. And but there's some songs like I, I have a song called T-shirt man. I went to the gas station and I was pumping gas, and uh, somebody at the other pump, they was like. It was like, hey, Royce, love it. And I was like, yeah. And they was like, it's like, hey, man, how come I can only hear T-Shirt Man on YouTube? And I was like, Cause I haven't released it yet. And he was like, why not? <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm looking for the right producer, just budgets. And then he was like, maybe you should just trust God and release it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, man. <laughs> That's great. Thanks for taking time with us today, man. It's it's really great to hear all this stuff, and I appreciate your uh, openness and vulnerability. And can't wait to hear the the new stuff. We'll be we'll be playing it on our weekly mixtape. We've been putting your stuff in there since we started that, so Sweet. I hope that's made you rich and famous. But I, I, I don't know about the rich part. But uh, <laughs> thanks so much. I really appreciate it. I feel like your questions were just like kind of on target to even things I needed to say out loud. T-shirt vanish making a killing mm-hmm. From killing yeah Bang, bang See the t-shirt vanish making a killing Yo, but it's my favorite part right here And if you like what I'm saying, snap with me and say this Ghost We ain't got to die no more Love is what we're fighting for T-shirt, T-shirt.
Thanks, Royce. What a great conversation. As I climb up on my soapbox, I'm reminded of a phone call I got years ago from an NFL legend. Back during the record store days of True Tunes, I got a call from a guy who identified himself as Reggie White of the Green Bay Packers. I assumed it was a prank as everyone knew I was a big Bears fan and the Packers were our arch enemies. I kept asking him who he really was. Eventually he said, hey, how about you just pretend that I'm actually Reggie White for a few minutes so I can tell you what I'm calling you about. In that moment, I realized it was really him. Reggie was calling because he was starting a gospel rap label. He told me about his passion for racial healing. There was a rash of church burnings back then, and White served as an associate pastor at a Chattanooga church that was reduced to ashes in one such incident. As he spoke, I could tell that this gospel rap project was extremely personal to him. We talked about the genre's ability to speak to black, white, and Hispanic audiences, and how important it was to put forward music and artists that kids could be challenged by and look up to. Reggie told me that he had been studying a lot of Old Testament theology and Jewish traditions and writings. He told me about an ancient Jewish story that speaks directly to unity, division, and redemption. He said that according to this myth, God originally created humanity as a rich, beautiful, multicolored diamond. All of the colors were represented, all of the cultures shining perfectly. Then God slammed that diamond into the earth where it shattered into tiny pieces. Each of those shards contained a different color. Individual flecks of those shards would find each other and bond. They would form communities and develop culture, but each would be limited to shades like their own. Redemption, Reggie said, was about bringing all of the shards back together. He got excited as he talked about the diversity in everything from culture to spiritual gifting and talked about how badly each segment of the human body needed to connect with, honor, and celebrate all of the other parts, colors, and shades. He said that in that myth, the only way the true beauty of that diamond will ever be seen is when all of the shards come back together and are united by God, who is love. Man, that image stuck with me. Luke 6.45 says, A good man out of the treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. When hearts are full of themselves, obsessed with comfort and power and maintaining the status quo, we see the evidence of that in the culture that comes forth. But when hearts are broken, we see brokenness come forth. When hearts are committed to redemption, to participate in the work of renewal and the beauty of justice, we see that too. At its best, and especially at its roots, rap and soul music has been the folk music of the inner city and hip-hop culture, from graffiti to dancing to fashion, film, and advertising, is all a part of the expression of that community. As with all expressions, there are good, truthful, important examples of this art, and there are crass, cynical, sloppy, and dishonest examples as well. It's up to us to listen carefully, discern, recognize, and engage. There have also been honest, thoughtful, respectful responses to this culture and dishonest, hateful, racist, and reductionist responses as well. All I can really say is that my life is richer as I listen carefully to the good stuff and do my best to groove along. Because whether it feels like it or not, we are all part of the same body. Okay, I'm climbing off my soapbox now.
that's going to do it for this episode of the True Tunes Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it, and if you have, please spread the word. I want to thank Royce Lovett for joining us today. You can find him at RoyceLovett.com and on Instagram at RoyceLovett. I also want to thank Chris, Soup the Chemist Cooper, and Pastor Chris Williamson. You can find links to everything they are doing on the show notes page as well. And of course, thanks to my compatriot, Bruce A. Brown, for his amazing production and editing work, to Phil Keggy and Rex Paul for our theme song. Rex has a new album you should definitely check out, by the way. And to all of our Patreon supporters, check out patreon.com slash truetunes and make sure to sign up on the email list, find us on Facebook, listen to the Spotify mix, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. The contents of this podcast are protected by U.S. copyright law and are the intellectual property of Gyroscope Productions, with the exception of songs or clips that are from previously copywritten materials. Everything on this episode is used by permission or under fair use provisions. This program is intended for the private use of our listening audience. Gyroscope Productions can be reached at JJT at TrueTunes.com or P.O. Box 60401, Nashville, Tennessee, 37206. Until next time, this is JJT reminding you to stay tuned and stay true. Peace. Dog by no child know the words and the bread pain he lifted up. My old father ran two, three more. Bob Peck, the nickel, and the jump, jump crow. All right. Yeah, that, that was a beautiful song for a black man to be singing. Yeah. Let me get over some hand. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.